Welcome to Manage Tools. Authenticity and the Managed Tools Trinity, Part 1. This cast answers these questions. Is the Manager Tools Trinity authentic? How can I be authentic and use the Trinity? How do I counter the argument that the Trinity is formulaic? If you want answers to these questions and more, keep listening. Here we go. What does our interview creation tool give you if you're not a manager? Uh, here's an idea. When you're next looking for a role, create an interview for yourself. You can use our interview creation tool to reverse engineer a likely interview that a professional interviewer will give to you, and that will help you prepare based on the types of accomplishments you have in your background. You'd answer the 64 questions with what you know about the job and use those questions to practice for your own interviews. And you can only do that if you're a licensee, so go get a license now. And if you don't know, folks, license revenue helps us support our outreach so that more people in the world can listen to the podcast for free. Mark, over the years, uh, some folks have expressed concerns that directs feel that the Manager Tools Trinity guidance is formulaic and not authentic. Yes. Uh, and God, I, I'm sure we've we've talked about it in some fashion over the course of the last we have, yeah. decade or so. But it's the first time we've really, you know, made it the focus of a podcast and probably with with good reason, because this comes up a lot. Yeah, it comes up frequently and and it's not just directs. Some directs of managers say this is, you know, you can't you don't need that to build a relationship with me or I don't like the feedback model. Um but in fact managers say it as well. I would say if you if if you ask me about what I know in terms of what happens in the field, I would say more managers say, yeah, I don't like that. Now the the answer for directs is fairly easy. You know, we we tell people all the time that there are three types of power. There's role power, there's expertise power, and there's relationship power. And relationship power is by far the most important one. And you'll discover that virtually all of Manager Tools guidance recommends that you leverage your relationship power, which means you need to create a relationship, which means you need a trusting relationship. Yeah, but what that doesn't, what we don't say is that therefore role power is unimportant and we actually say that uh, it's worth it to use your role power for important things that need to get done. And one of those would be creating relationships. So when a direct says to us, yeah, I just think that one-on-ones are a little too formulaic, um, the manager would say, hey, thanks for the input. See you next week. Which, by by the way, gets laughs from lots of people, but also causes some people to be very uncomfortable. And, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like that's part of our job. I don't, I don't mean to make people uncomfortable, but I guess I'm also must admit, I'm not afraid to do it. If it's helpful to, to, for a young manager to understand that you do have role power and your job is not to make your people happy. Uh, your job is to achieve results and get retain, retain your people. And there are times when you're going to have to insist. And if you don't learn it from me, at some point, you'll learn it from your people who, at some point, you'll have one of your directs say to you, yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I don't want to do that. And then you'll realize, gosh, I'm struggling. And if you're not willing to use your old power every once in a while, it won't work. In fact, I think we address this indirectly in a cast that's probably been 10 or 12 years ago, Mike, in which I referenced Star Trek, the Next Generation episode called Pen Pals 
in which Wesley Crusher, the, the third lieutenant, was put in charge of a project and had somebody who simply refused to do what, when, what Wesley suggested he do until finally Wesley talked to Commander Riker and Commander Riker gave him some guidance. I won't reveal what the guidance is. For those of you who are next-gen fans, uh, you will have a great kick out of finding that episode online and discovering that sometimes role power is necessary, even in the future. Yeah, I think it's probably a general principle. I don't know if it goes back to Machiavellian, the, the prince or anything, but in generally speaking, if you have power, that gives you the ability to get things done. If you fail to exercise that power, even occasionally, you no longer have that power. Yeah. Another way is if you fail to exercise a power that's available to you in the pursuit of something you don't achieve, don't complain that you didn't achieve it. Uh, don't have some other excuse. We give you these powers that are reasonable, legitimate, ethical powers. Come on. Um, and if you don't use your role power to get something done, the burden's yours. Um, okay. All right. Sorry. I got a little got a little off track there. Um, but the point really with this cast was we were getting more and more comments from managers saying, no, that's not me. I'm not, I don't feel that way. And, uh, you know, that doesn't seem like the way I would do things. Um, and it's a fair challenge. So if you're a director and you have managers telling you that, or if you have a direct telling you that, there may be some things we can help you with in terms of how to overcome that objection, if you will. I have two points we want to talk about. First, I want to talk about authenticity generally. Um, it is a good, but is not an unalloyed good. And then I want to delve into the authenticity in our Trinity, our guidance on the Trinity more specifically. Okay, so authenticity. When authenticity gets treated in a scholarly way, and it does, and by the way, when people mention authenticity, they bandy it about knowing full well that it has special powers, because um, it implies some sort of human value. Um, it's, it's typically, when it's talked about scholarly in studies and so on, it's referred to as the extent to which an employee's actions at work agree with their personal feelings and beliefs. Or another way to say it is not authenticity, but genuineness, uh, that the employee feels genuine about their work behaviors. Now, when you put it like that, authenticity at work sounds like a, a good you couldn't refute. You know, you gosh, why wouldn't anybody want that? Um, I will say, as a funny aside, when we did our cast about millennials um, and uh, made the, the case, that, which has now been supported repeatedly, that uh, millennials are no different than anybody else. But all 40-year-olds have thought all 20-year-olds are idiots for a long, long time in the history of mankind. Um, but we made the comment that um, many people had heard about millennials uh, or young people in the workplace, now probably Gen Z, that they said things like, you know, I, I want my work life to be aligned with my personal values. That would be an authenticity thing. And I went on and gave a couple of other examples of things that people think about young people, and um, only to find out, and then I would uh, tell the audience, what I've just quoted you, authenticity uh, defined that way being one of them, 
are three bullets from the Wikipedia page for the baby boom generation, not the millennial generation, not the Gen Z uh, generation. So authenticity is often claimed by young people and young people, I don't, we don't find fault with that. I think that's a good thing. I think you should look for work that aligns with your personal values. And you certainly should shun work that rubs uh, against your personal values in a way that makes you uncomfortable. And isn't it great that you live in a world that is fairly diverse and growing and becoming safer and richer and healthier, such that you have choices in many cases, and you can choose company A over company B because company B doesn't feel as aligned with you as you'd like. Um, but anyway, getting back to authenticity. Authenticity at work sounds good, right? We want we want our work tasks and behaviors to be aligned with our personal values. Um, and, and it's even the, your, your one sense of authenticity, I think, is strengthened if you consider the opposite. Do you want to work where you don't feel genuine? Do you want to do work which conflicts with your personal feelings, your personal beliefs? Of course not. You don't. Nobody does. So, as a general rule, then, we respect those professionals that do their best to be authentic at work. It's a good thing. And authenticity is part of a growing tide of what I'll call individualism at work. Um, it has been imbued with an aura of unassailability that, that it's, it's one of our highest level norms. I, that's something that I simply won't take a job unless it has complete alignment with my personal values and belief. And when I say the highest level norms, I mean things like ethical and sustainable and honest and so on. Yeah. Now you're going to say, of course, to my question, but isn't there a problem when people start talking about or using authenticity as a shield for doing those things with which they're uncomfortable. Like, yeah, I'm not being authentic. I don't like doing that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, there is a growing portion of the workforce because of the tide of individualism that is occurring, uh, as is inevitable as the pendulum swings back and forth in our individual lives where as a function of most often, the capitalistic systems that we work in, uh, in the modern uh, world, uh, you join a large organization. And we'll talk more about the challenge between individual and organization later. But yeah, they, they say, well, I'm not comfortable with that. In fact, for some people, and this is part of why this cast is coming out now, authenticity has become sort of a catch-all phrase, which says... I want to do it my way. I, I get to do my work my way. And unfortunately for some people, they say, and only my way. I'm not willing to embrace any ways of working that aren't my own or that I didn't discover on my own. That's, you know, I think anybody could say, I understand why people might feel that way, but that becomes problematic for managers and organizations. Look, we're not attacking authenticity. We can't very well do that. I, we want you to pursue authenticity. You know, um, it's in the pantheon of beliefs that are important. And you might say, well, it's, it's a good thing. It's an unalloyed good thing. But for instance, 
if you're trying to implement more structure in project reporting, because you've had a couple of recent slips and fails when it comes to project reporting and status, but a young professional says to you, that, that doesn't feel right to me. I prefer a more free-flowing approach without daily status. That, you know, reporting my daily status won't feel authentic for me. Okay. Or maybe you're trying to encourage someone to attend some well-regarded professional training, let's say Crucial Conversations, which is a well-regarded, uh, I don't want to say a competitor of ours because I don't think of them that way, and I'm sure they don't think of us that way. Uh, but another example might be you're asking someone to attend or you're asking direct to attend some video training. And folks, if you don't know, if I haven't heard it if you haven't heard me say it before, as a general rule, we are confident about how good we are, but we know that one of the best forms of training that is typically practiced all across large organizations in the modern uh, corporate world today is presentation training, video training, where you actually have to give a presentation and they show you the video. I, I can't vouch for it everywhere, but typically almost everywhere we go when we ask about other trainings that people love, they say the video presentation training, using video, having a coach is outstanding. And it's not burdensomely long. And of course, part of the reason is because it's behavioral. There you go. Um, okay. So suppose you're trying to encourage one of your directs to attend some well-regarded training. Uh, let's use the example of crucial conversations. And the reason why is because you've noticed a growing tension among your team and you think that some conflict resolution basics would help them deal with some of those hot moments that seem to have spilled over in damaging relationships and so on. I would support you in that. I think that's a good thing. I think there are other things you can do, but training might be something you would do. By the way, um, crucial conversation is good for that. But one of your team members disagrees. She says that that training won't feel authentic to me. If people have a problem with me, I encourage them to come talk to me. If I have a problem with you, I'll tell you, and I'll just use normal words. I don't need to learn new ways of talking to other people. Okay. Now go back, guys, and think about the elevation of authenticity to the level of values as big as ethical or honest. Do we really think in these two instances, project reporting, structure or training about new technology, for instance, or attending a training, do you really think in those instances that these people who are saying no are being motivated by a principle that is ought to be treated as strong as ethics, ethical behavior, or honesty? Can somebody's choice of behaviors at work boil down to how they, how they themselves feel about the choice? Because that's what it is. It doesn't feel authentic. Now, it would be one thing if somebody said, that doesn't feel honest. Well, it doesn't seem like it feels honest to you, but honesty actually isn't a feeling in many cases, and I know what I'm saying to be true. So therefore, it is honest, even if it doesn't feel honest to you. And I think we have a problem where authenticity is a feeling among many managers and directs as an unalloyed good, a, a, a special value, when in fact it in many cases is not a value. What if one of your directs said they didn't feel comfortable with something as simple as large meetings? 
Would that be a significant enough concern for them to be exempted from the large meeting? What if tight deadlines interfered with their authentic self, which they described as being committed to the values of truth and beauty, even at the expense of time and deadlines? I mean, look, I, there are people like that, and, uh, and they create masterpieces of music and art and literature and so on, and God bless them for it, okay? Uh, that's good, but maybe not in your organization, which doesn't produce music or art or literature. Let, let's go a different way here. What if one of your directs came to you with concerns about the ethical nature of a plan of action? Would you not pay attention to that? I think you would. And so what these uh, these use cases help us with is getting to the root cause of all this. Authenticity, which is a useful good for most individuals, is by definition a lesser value than ethics or morals or honesty. Authenticity does not stand up as a legitimate rationale for resisting reasonable organizational needs for new or different or more effective behaviors from anybody in the organization. Feelings of being authentic or inauthentic do not carry the persuasive weight of a behavior being unethical or illegal or dangerous. Those kinds of defenses, somebody's got to speak up about that. And in fact, that's why we have open door policies. And I'll say it for the hundredth time. I don't mean it as a joke. Just because your door is open don't mean doesn't mean A, you have an open door policy, or B, you even know what it means. But there's a cast for that, so we encourage you to listen to it. Um, authenticity feelings are not a defense against reasonable work requests. Now, look, don't get me wrong, guys. This is not an attack on authenticity. Do we want our colleagues to seek to be authentic? and feel that they can be authentic at work? Heck yes, we do. And by the way, we want candidates for our positions that feel our culture will allow them to be their authentic selves. But authenticity is not a supreme human value. Maybe we could say it's only a superior one. It doesn't always outrank the value of our professional values of effectiveness, efficiency, learning, growth, improvement. Professionals cannot cite authenticity as a perfect defense against reasonable opportunities to achieve organizational objectives. And as a general rule, if you're my boss and you say, I believe what I'm asking you to do is reasonable, you win. I don't get to say, no, it's not reasonable and I'm not going to do it. Oh, well, I can, I can quit. Uh, but if I choose to stay, I, and I, not only can I not say, no, I won't, I can't also say I disagree and I will therefore not do this job well. Well, actually, I take that back. You can, but that doesn't mean you can avoid the consequences that come from poor performance. And you can be completely authentic, always, 100%. Just go be a hermit somewhere and not have yeah. to interact with other people who might feel differently than you do. Yeah, and I don't mean to suggest that that's the solution, guys, because it's not. The education point here is if you're thinking authenticity is against, as a defense against your manager's guidance or is your direct has a legitimate point, they don't, okay? Um, authenticity is not a supreme value. It is an important personal thing to be sought after, but it is not a defense against reasonable uh, tasks and behaviors. 
our public conferences have been selling out in this latter half of 2019, and we're having the same thing happen this year. But we will be in Jersey City, uh, just outside of New York City, February 25th and 26th with our Effective Manager and Effective Communicator Conferences. We promise you there'll be the best management training you've ever attended. Come to the website and sign up. See you there. So look, what all this means for us is our first defense against pushback about management in general, let alone the Trinity, based on authenticity is a simple one, which is based on relative values and desires. Authenticity is a personal desire, not a personal or organizational supreme value. It varies in importance among people. Some people consider it strongly, others don't. Whereas results and retention and hierarchy and improvement are constant in all organizations. So you might want to say something like this in general to comments regarding authenticity. Hey, look, I hear you. And as a general rule, we're happy if our colleagues are able to be authentic here, right? But the desire for personal authenticity doesn't trump the organizational values of growth and development. That's especially true when that growth is in the pursuit of results and retention, which are the heart and soul of organizational longevity. A lot of syllables there, guys. Sorry. What's more, I would go on to say this regarding your pushback. You can still seek authenticity once you get past the point where you're learning these new behaviors. Much of what we learn professionally is initially uncomfortable or even awkward. Um, sometimes this awkwardness is characterized as an absence of authenticity. But if that were the case, someone who inserts that kind of genuineness or search for authenticity would be counter to all learning, all development, all growth. You wouldn't be able to implement new and better ways of doing things, which surely isn't a, sa a sustainable position to be in, professionally speaking. Folks, we give a tip of the manager tools cap at the end of this cast to our long-term licensee, Dave Austin, who created his account with us in, I think, July uh, of 06, and uh, is a regular uh, correspondent of ours. And uh, I think he attended our Effective Manager Conference uh, in Chicago, uh, our second or third conference, third conference we ever did. That was back when our Effective Manager Conference was two days long. <laughs> Imagine how lucky you are. You don't have to listen to me for just but one day. They were a lot of fun. It was. So, Dave, uh, thanks for being a loyal part of our community. It's a privilege to do this for you and many, many others. Thanks, everyone. That's it for this week. We'll finish this one up next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long.